scream at her, run. On tonight's KRBD Evening Report, the owner of a dog killed by wolves in Metlakatla says her dog died defending its family. Plus, why a recent court case is unlikely to shut down the king salmon troll fishery here in Alaska to save killer whales in Puget Sound. And it's election day. Go vote. All that and more coming up. First, let's take a look at the weather. Rain tonight with lows around 60, southeast winds to 20 miles an hour. On Wednesday, rain likely highs around 70, southeast winds to 15 miles an hour. Wednesday night, chance of rain lows around 60, southeast winds to 10 miles an hour. Also a geomagnetic storm forecast for Wednesday night, so there could be some aurora viewing if the clouds cooperate. On Thursday, mostly sunny, highs in the mid-70s, north winds to 10 miles an hour. On Thursday night, mostly clear with patchy fog, lows in the mid-50s, northwest winds to 10 miles an hour. It's the KRBD Evening Report. I'm Eric Stone. A family dog was defending its owners when it was killed by a pack of wolves on a Matlakatla beach this weekend. The dog's owner says the event was not only terrifying, but proof that local packs are getting bolder, as KRBD's Reagan Miller reports. Something didn't feel right when Brittany Hayward and her teenage daughter arrived at Moss Point. You know, I had asked my daughter, you know, where are the birds? Why are there no birds? There's no, there's no noise. And, um... You know, she kind of joked and was like, oh, the Kushikov's watching us. And, and I was like, no, you know, I, something, doesn't, something doesn't feel right. I feel like we're being watched. Hayward had three dogs with her on the beach. That included Roscoe, a Ridgeback Mastiff mix, Smokey, a German Shepherd Husky mix, and Cardi B, a Jack Russell mixed with Husky and Pitbull. Our dogs were um, on high alert as soon as they uh, got down there. They kept um, looking and, 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 you know, pointing and um, looking off to the bushes, and they were just really uneasy. Hayward says she couldn't see much of anything from where she stood. She was behind mounds of sand and rock that form on the beach at low tide. Smokey was watching over them, standing on one of the mounds. She remembers telling her daughter she felt like a sitting duck. When Hayward turned around, she saw Smokey chasing after a wolf. And I start screaming, just screaming for my dog to come back. And um, in, in a matter of minutes, um, felt like minutes, um, this wolf um, had, um, was luring him and they were chasing each other. He was chasing the wolf away. Hayward says she scooped up Cardi B. She kept screaming and standing her ground, just as state wildlife officials advised. I can't see where these other wolves are. We're behind the wolf. But her screams didn't phase the wolf. Instead, she says the animal simply cocked its head and stepped toward her. That's when Smokey and Roscoe broke loose. And um, Roscoe took off after the wolf, and um, Roscoe got hold of the wolf, and they tumbled into the rocks. And when they started fighting, two more came out of the woods and started um, attacking him, and um, another one came from the point. Hayward says Smokey came back and she managed to get him leashed. She told her daughter to take him and run to the car. Hayward had hoped that the car's horn might scare the pack away. And she was like, I can't leave you, and I just had to scream at her, run. But Roscoe kept fighting. With Cardi B still in her arms, Hayward, still screaming, watched as Roscoe tumbled with the wolves. He pinned one down in the rocks. That's when Hayward took off. She drove her car down to the beach honking, both trying to scare the pack and call for help. But she says the wolves didn't seem to care. She got out of the car to go get help, but something had already changed on the beach. It uh, went completely silent. I couldn't hear them. Hayward's husband, police officers, and other Metlakatla residents tried to look for Roscoe. But the wolves kept guarding the beach, howling late into the night. Searchers combed the area until about 1 a.m. the following morning. 
a fish and wildlife officer, found Roscoe's remains and brought him home. Hayward says he fought hard defending his family. She says that Roscoe died of a puncture wound to his stomach. This wasn't Hayward's first encounter with wolves. Smokey chased him away during a recent family camping trip, and Hayward thinks something needs to be done. I think that they need to be thinned out. I think that the fact that they were not um, scared of me is pretty dangerous. Officials in Metlakatla issued a notice to residents on Monday warning them that wolves had been spotted in the Moss Point and Point Davison areas. Hayward says it's important to stay vigilant when out and about. I think that people just need to to trust your instinct and, and don't talk yourself out of that feeling if you feel like you, you're being watched. This is still Alaska and you probably are being stalked, absolutely. Hayward says beachgoers should also carry bear spray or some other kind of weapon, just in case. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Regan Miller. A federal judge in Seattle has ruled that the National Marine Fisheries Service violated a key provision of the Endangered Species Act when the agency published research on the harvest of king salmon in southeast Alaska in 2019 and failed to address its impact on a small population of Puget Sound killer whales. U.S. District Court Judge Richard A. Jones this month ordered that an appropriate remedy be found that, while it could possibly limit commercial trolling for Chinook in southeast, will more likely result in a rewrite of the biological opinion that led to the problem. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. U.S. District Court Judge Richard Jones on August 8th granted summary judgment to the plaintiff, the Washington-based Wild Fish Conservancy. The headlines that caromed around the internet spelled doom for commercial salmon trollers in southeast Alaska. I think we've won the recognition that this fishery was actually causing harm to threaten an endangered species and, for all intents and purposes, was illegal. Kurt Beardsley is the director of special projects for the Conservancy and has been the driving force behind the lawsuit since its inception. The Wild Fish Conservancy filed suit against the National Marine Fisheries Service in March of 2020, arguing the government failed to adequately address the impact of Alaskan king salmon harvests on southern resident killer whales whose population in the Puget Sound area of Washington has dropped to critically low levels. The statistic that the Wild Fish Conservancy repeats most is that 97% of king salmon harvested by southeast Alaska trollers don't originate in Alaska, depriving southern resident killer whales of their primary food source. Matt Donahoe is president of the Alaska Trollers Association. The Alaska Technical Committee says that Less than 2% of the king salmon we catch are from Puget Town. That's fish nerds speak for none. The ATA intervened in the suit along with the state of Alaska. Donahoe trolls for kings in a 100-year-old wooden boat, catching one salmon at a time on a hook and line in a fishery that's meticulously renegotiated with Canada every decade in a document called the Pacific Salmon Treaty. Southeast Alaska's trollers have taken steep reductions in their harvest allocations in the last two treaty rounds in the name of conserving stocks. Donahoe says the Wild Fish Conservancy lawsuit unjustly characterizes Southeast trollers as intercepting fish they're not entitled to. The fish we fish on and have fished on in the troll fishery for over 100 years, and of course the, the native and the indigenous people here for thousands of years before that, are a, a mix of fish. They're from Southeast Alaska, British Columbia, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. That's all regulated by the Pacific Salmon Treaty. The, those fish spend most of their lives in Southeast Alaska waters. 
Donahoe says it's unfair that Southeast trollers have been singled out in the lawsuit when, in his view, there are far more significant factors at play in the decline of this small population of killer whales. The rapid urbanization of the Puget Sound area, industrial pollutants in the water, large-scale whale watching, hydroelectric projects. Kurt Beardsley with the Wild Fish Conservancy agrees nothing is the only problem. But he doesn't want to let trollers off the hook just because the other problems aren't as well understood. Everybody also wants to point to something else <laughs> if, if they happen to get in the crosshairs. The state of Alaska tilts more toward Donahoe's view that it's wrong to pin the decline of endangered species in Puget Sound on the harvest of healthy fish stocks in Alaska. In a news release issued the day after the ruling, Alaska Department of Fish and Game Commissioner Doug Vincent Lang wrote, The state of Alaska abides by the terms of the Pacific Salmon Treaty and the biological opinion that is tied to it, and it is troubling that this ruling singles out our fisheries. We will be looking at our options in the coming weeks. In the meantime, southeast Alaska salmon fisheries will proceed as normal. This is where the lawsuit will likely lead, not to a shutdown of trolling in Alaska, but to a better understanding of what's brought the population of southern resident killer whales now thought to have around 75 members, to near extinction. Linda Benkin is a noted fisheries advocate in Alaska, an environmentalist, and a troller. She believes it's up to the National Marine Fisheries Service to fix what's broken and try again. Bottom line, the agency needs to write a uh, stronger biological opinion to back up their decision. If the remedy sought now by Judge Jones should somehow stop trolling, Benkin believes it would be a larger loss than the Wild Fish Conservancy imagines. The people who troll are advocates for healthy wild salmon, and the effect of their lawsuit is shutting down the troll fishery. They are losing a strong voice for conservation and a strong voice for taking care of wild stock. Alaska Trollers Association President Matt Donahoe says he's got data indicating that closing the southeast king salmon troll fishery would accomplish nothing for the remaining southern resident killer whales. Again, he says these are not the fish the whales are eating. It's just really discouraging. With all the problems we have in the world, to create problems like this. Kurt Beardsley and the Conservancy want to see king salmon management overhauled and wouldn't mind returning to an earlier era when fish were harvested near their rivers of origin. This is a conversation he thinks they should be having when the U.S. and Canada next sit down to renegotiate the Salmon Treaty. I think they've been too focused on allocating extraction and less focused on recovery. In the meantime, although Judge Jones has granted summary judgment to the Wild Fish Conservancy, the case is far from over. The ruling steers the litigation in a new direction, and all parties now will submit briefs on a remedy that complies with the Endangered Species Act, and preserves the Southeast Alaska Troll Fleet, King Salmon, and the community of 75 killer whales that depends on them. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Well, today is Election Day, or maybe Elections Day. Alaskans have two elections to vote in today on one two-sided ballot. On one side of the ballot are the candidates in the special general election to fill the remainder of the late Congressman Don Young's term. There are three candidates, Republican Sarah Palin and Nick Begich and Democrat Mary Peltola. There are also six certified write-in candidates for the race. 
Voters in this election will rank their choices. If a candidate doesn't receive more than 50% of first-choice votes, the candidate in third place will be eliminated, and their voters' second-place choices will be counted up until a candidate reaches 50%. Mail-in ballots postmarked by today for this election will take up to 15 days to be counted, so it'll be a couple weeks before results are available. The special general election is due to be certified on September the 2nd. On the other side of the ballot are the candidates for the general primary election. They include candidates for governor, U.S. House, U.S. Senate, and State House and Senate. All 40 State House seats and 19 of the 20 State Senate seats are up for election. In this primary, voters can choose only one candidate. The top four candidates in each race will advance to the general election on November 8th. Like today's special general election, the November election will also be ranked choice. Polls are open today, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. You can check your polling place online at elections.alaska.gov. That's all for tonight's edition of the KRBD Evening Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can get the show as a podcast on your favorite podcast app and sign up for our newsletter at krbd.org newsletter hyphen sign up. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Eric Stone.